0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. I just want to give an an opening statement that we put a lot of months into this for these life groups that are going on in the next six weeks, our pastoral staff has. And the theme, so you understand, is the theme, excellence. And we felt like that to have excellence in your life, you've got to have excellence in communication. And this was one of the sessions that we're talking about, the excellence of communication in a marriage. So with that being said, I'm going to submit to my wife right now and <laughs> let her take over this class.
1: Um, all right, let me see who's in here. First, I want to say congratulations to Jenna. Because she's about to enter. marriage. they got engaged this week. Awesome. And I'm glad you're in here. I wish I would have maybe taken something like this uh, before I got married. But it's okay. We're ever learning. So I wanted to mention this to you, that if you haven't already read the book or you don't have a copy, we have these in our bookstore out there, and you can pick one up. They stocked up on a few, and this is the book we're going to be going through over the next few weeks. Um, it's a good reference book if you'd like, but if you don't have it and or you want to take notes, we do have paper. If there's anybody that, a lot of people said they're taking notes um, with their phone. Is there anyone in here that wanted to take notes on paper? Sister Shelly has paper. If anyone needed paper. I
0: think I posted that to everybody. Okay. Okay, very good.
1: stop sitting here. Okay, so the next few weeks we're going to be talking about the five love languages. A lot of you all have probably heard about the love languages. Maybe you only know about, the, about your love language or your spouse's. or Maybe you, you can't list them all. But um, we're just going to be, tonight is just uh, in this program with this series, it's just meant to be like an introductory night to let you know a little bit about what love languages are. And what we're going to be do- talking about and diving into the next few weeks. Next Wednesday will be a test, so you want to be here if you can. We're going to be uh, everyone's going to be taking a test to kind of test you on some things about your your love language or your significant other's love language. How many languages um, do you all speak? Uh, does anybody in here speak uh, more than one language? Maybe a few people. Well. <laughs> Everyone, um,
0: I speak e- in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> <Amen>. I'm bilingual. <laughs> Brother Smith. <laughs> so,
1: so every. Oh yeah, Danae, come on up front. <laughs> he knew you'd want to sit on the front row, so he <laughs> saved your spot.
0: Can y'all see us up here? Yeah, let's right. move the podium. Let and me, stand. let it's me uh, go get us. Come on, uh, that's the stool.
1: I can go ahead and just start by talking. Um, So we all have a primary uh, language that we speak in in here in this room. I think everyone's primary language is English, I would say. Most of you, well, Brother Skerdo, is is he in here? I thought I saw him, maybe not. So um, we all have a primary language. Typically your primary language is the language that your parents spoke in the home that you grew up in. So for most of us that's English. Um, Or maybe it is the language that you marry into, the primary language that you speak. Uh, Spanish is my secondary language, so it's not my primary language and I'm not great at it. Twenty-five years ago I spoke it pretty fluently, but I haven't used it in a long time. Thank you. Welcome. Be a little better maybe. How about that? Is that all right? Yeah, better. Okay. Okay. Um, if I don't speak Spanish often and I don't anymore, use it very rarely, it's hard for me to communicate to someone else if Spanish is their primary language, like Brother Noe. <laughs> when I go to Guatemala, he'll say, Come up and talk to him. Come greet him. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, if you don't use it often... Um, it's hard to communicate to someone else if that's their primary language. And it's, it's, it can be difficult. Um, our communication will be very limited, your communication will be very limited to someone else if English isn't their primary language. If I want to communicate effectively to someone else with a different language, then I've got to learn their language, right? Learn. I need to learn it better. Um, you know what I have found out, though, in, in Guatemala or any Spanish-speaking country, and I think this is for even when we were in Europe. You Come on up. You can come in. I think this is for any, um, any country that speaks a different language. They get really excited when they realize that you're trying to speak their language. They love that. They don't care if you mess it up. They don't care if you don't have it down perfect. They just think it's so neat when you're trying to speak their language. Some of them probably think it's humorous, but um, they think it's really neat. Well, just like our everyday language, just like that with English, Spanish, or whatever, it's the same thing with love. Um, We all have a primary love language that we speak or that our spouse speaks, and so it's really important to learn what your spouse's love language is and what your love language is so that uh, you can communicate better. It's really rare that a husband and wife would have the same primary love language. Uh, it, it's possible. It's not, it's not common. We tend to speak, you tend to speak your primary love language. Uh, that's the language you speak. And we become confused sometimes when our spouse doesn't understand what we're trying to communicate to them. Because it's just like a foreign language. Our language becomes foreign to them. It's they, that's not the primary language that they speak. And it can confuse them. And so just like learning a foreign language, you've got to learn the language that your spouse speaks. And I know my bro, my, my sister's husband. Um, I get <laughs> feel intimidated around him sometimes. He's very intelligent. He speaks 12 languages. And he's fl- very fluent in five to seven, I would say, very fluent, but he can speak 12 languages. He travels worldwide all the time. and um, that, But what, what he's told me and what I've learned, too, is that even if you speak the same language as someone else, you can have a different dialect. For and instance. Th- for instance. <laughs> we have a different dialect than most of you. Um, in high school, I took four years of Spanish, and I had the same teacher all through my school that I went to, 9th through 12th grade. She was from El Paso, Texas, and originally from Mexico. So that's the Spanish that I learned was based on her dialect. When I moved away to college and took Spanish, my first year in college, my Spanish teacher was from Peru. And it was like learning a different language, almost altogether. When I was taking Spanish, I thought I was pretty fluent. And then I began to take it from a teacher from Peru and she, her dialect was so different, and the words, the way she worded things was totally different than my teacher with the more Mexican roots. She had the South American roots. And then my second year of college, I took more Spanish, and my teacher was from Spain. Different altogether. And so you think, oh, Spanish. And it was kind of neat taking it from different people, and then... You know, Brother Noe, Central America, that's different as well. You have, like, Mexico, Central America, South America, Puerto Rico, Spain. Uh, they all speak a different dialect of Spanish. And, it's yeah, like us, we speak a little bit different dialect than you all. We might, we say y'all or you all. We come here, you, you, you guys, you say you guys, or you say yuns. I have people that sign Christmas cards that says we love yuns. <laughs> Where's Mark Mahler? Is he He says that all the time. I say, What's a yun? He said, Yun, yuns, yuns. And uh it's a northern thing, I guess. Yun's or yuns. I'd never heard of that before time I moved here. That's
0: Pennsylvania.
1: And you say you guys. You guys. And we say y'all. So yeah. it's a, it means the same thing, all right? Y'all. It means all of you. Right. But we have a different dialect. Yeah. Um Once you've learned your spouse's love language, uh, you'll discover a key really to a long lasting loving marriage. It's really neat to learn their love language and their dialect. You live in a world that, we live in a world that uses the word love all the time. Um, They use it very casually. I love football. I love decorating. I love hunting. I love pigs. I love steak. I love, and then strangers, and then Danae, you say, I love you when you first meet someone. You're from Texas, I do, right? I do. Yep, it's a southern thing. It's nothing for us to meet somebody at, you know, because the Times <laughs> Conference, and by the end of the week, you would be hugging. We love you guys. And it's like, I didn't know him three days ago, yeah. but we, we say that word a lot, right? Especially more south. We say it more often, probably. We say love a lot, and uh, we love everything, right? But we wanna we want to teach you more about the the languages, the different five love languages, and kind of uh, go into a little more detail about some of them. Go ahead. you were.
0: Well, we're just different. Let's just be honest here. And I think that individually, the faster you learn that, that you and your spouse are never going to think exactly alike. And uh, I, we could do a poll here right now, and uh, you will find probably moments in your marriage you felt very, very insecure you felt like, do they love me? Um, why? Because disappointment means unmet yes. expectation. expectation. You expected me. And I share this story sometimes, is that, and it's been a while since I've shared it publicly, but I'll never forget our first Christmas together, and and uh, she bought me a guitar, and I bought her a piece of furniture, and we have our tree, and, and uh, it's set up, everything's perfect. And she says to me, where's my Christmas card? (laughs) And I I said, uh, what Christmas card? (laughs) And she said, oh, Aaron, everybody gets a Christmas card on Christmas Day. (laughs) And uh, I said... They do. (laughs) No, you said
1: uh, cards are something you send to people that you don't know as well, (laughs) but people that you're close to. Hold on, hold on.
0: Can I get a witness from somebody in the room? (laughs) You send Christmas cards to distant, distant family members, right? But uh, I
1: think of cards as an intimate way to express yourself. So I was thinking, well, I'd rather have a card than a gift. You got me a gift. Where's my card?
0: You know. You know what she pictured? She had already pictured it, the card sitting nice on the tree, open it up, and it says wifey or wife on Christmas. And uh, it wasn't there, and I didn't have it, and there was nowhere to go on Christmas to go find one. But she and her family, her mom and dad and she and Candy, they would get a card, Cindy would get a card for her mom, a card for her dad, and a card for her sister. And her dad would get a card for her mom, her sister, and her. I mean, you can add that up. I'm not going to do all the scenarios. But there's like 12 cards on that Christmas tree for the family of four.
1: And you place them in the tree and you, you find them. Yeah.
0: She yeah. had expectations. Girls, we know. She had expectations that I did not fulfill. And I think uh, marriage is that way. And you think, why didn't you get me a card? And I'm thinking, because you never told me to. How <laughs> I many has you ever entered a marriage and you realized, hey... I didn't mean to. I didn't even know I was supposed to get you a card. And so you learn after a while. You communicate and what's what's um, what you expect from each other. You got to learn. And I think what we do initially is we get real insecure, uh, or you get disappointed. Man, do they love me? Why didn't they get me a card? And there's other things that happen. And so in the book with five love languages, it it lists five. Everybody say five love languages. languages. It lists uh, over study five different categories of love language, which we're going to talk about. I'm just going to read them out loud. But
1: one that it doesn't list, I thought I'd help you on this first night. (laughs) <laughs> says, Mrs. Always Right.
0: Isn't that the truth? That the truth and if, that? You get, if you get this one
1: down, <laughs> the rest will come really easy. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah,
0: there's an element of truth with that happy wife, happy life. Uh, but we're not going to submit to that tonight, are we gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> um, for instance, there's a love language... It'd be one is words of affirmation. You look beautiful. Aaron. I like those biceps you've got. <laughs> <laughs> you know. well, I didn't think that you would notice that when I was checking the time on my watch. You know. I think that words of affirmation, some people live by that. They, Mark
1: Twain said I can live two months off of a good compliment. So he must, his love language must have been words of affirmation. That's what Mark Twain, he says, I can live two months off of a good compliment. Some people, that's definitely their love language. You
0: could buy them a gift. I mean, you could do, uh, you could clean their car. You could tell them you love them. But if you don't tell them that they're pretty or strong or handsome or they did a good job, they feel not what?
2: Wanted. Wanted
0: or loved, right? Another one is... Quality time. Another one is receiving gifts. You could say, I love you all day long. You could say, You're beautiful. You did a great job. But man, if you didn't get them that thing that they wanted, you didn't buy the gift, whatever that might be, uh, then they don't feel valued because their love language is what? Just an example a person that their love language is receiving gifts, what are they going to do for their spouse? They're going to buy them gifts then you can buy the person gifts that that's not their love language and they're never going to be satisfied because mm-hmm. they need words of affirmation. affirmation. Another one is acts of service. I could say, I love you. You're beautiful. You're gorgeous. I could go buy her a new ring, a wedding ring, and, and it's not going to mean anything if the bush out in the front yard isn't trimmed that she asked me to do three months ago. <laughs> If her van's still dirty, and um, she's in acts of service, isn't that the truth? Yes. And um, then there's one physical touch. You don't hug me, you don't hold my hand, and that's me. I would come up, I would come up, we first got married, and I would hug her in public, you know, and I'd feel this. she'd get stiff as a tube..
2: <laughs>
0: you know what I felt like? You ashamed of me? You don't love me? That is that real conversation we had to have. She said, you know, I'm just not sort of used to that.
1: So your love I mean it is true because uh, you could have a different love language than your parent, but then but you're still used to their lo- the lo- love languages right. that were in your home. So my, I would take it back to my grandfather was military. It's my dad's dad. There was no I love yous, no emotions. Not till he was much older in life did he ever have emotions, and so that he showed. And so uh, my dad would be a product of that, and that's something that my mom and dad had to work with, right? Because my dad came from a home with no emotions. He certainly had a lot more emotions than my grandpa True. ever did. Um, he's way more loving. But then I come from that home, so very loving home, but my mom and dad weren't dancing through the house and kissing in front of us all the time. It just, I mean, it was, you know, I see him kiss when they were telling each other goodbye. That's you know, they weren't doing, his mom and dad, um, you know, to this day. We're awesome. They're awesome. (laughs) They are awesome. And, uh, but they are always going through the house dancing. She's, he's always, oh, Debbie, you're so beautiful. They're always just like, kissing in front of you at all times. <laughs> i like, oh my goodness. And so he comes from that. And so we get married. And I'm like, there's people around. You just kissed me. That's embarrassing. And he's like, what? You know, like, you know, it's different. You got it. And, and I'm very, you do, you bend each to the other a little bit about what their love language is. You You end up getting a little more like the sure. other one in different ways. And I'm thankful, so now our kids are growing up around us, and it's much more uh, affection than maybe, maybe the average. <laughs> so now we're dancing through the house all the time. <laughs> he's always, anytime he passes, yeah. and he's with, like that with our girls, and our girls are very affectionate with him now, and, and they'll look for that. They're going to want somebody that's going to show them some affection, because now they're used to that love language, and uh, it does affect your youth. I would say all four of our kids have a different love language.
0: They do, yeah. I think, I mean,
1: and it's okay. There's no right or wrong love language. We're all different. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a different love language, and all of our kids have a different. I would definitely say, you know, Sawyer is words of affirmation.
0: But he does not really care about the hug.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) He's a word...
0: Words he, of affirmation. He's a little
1: Jerry Tackett in, yep. <laughs> in every way. Yep. And he is a word. But if you give him a compliment, it's just like Mark, he can live two months off of that. He remembers every <coughs> kind word you say to him. It means so <coughs> much to him when you tell him he's done a good job. He yep. takes that, Mom, they said I did a good Do you think I did a good job? Do you think they just said Do you think they really meant that? Mom. He cares so much about those words of affirmation. Jillian let
0: let me throw this in here. How do you think he's gonna feel if he gets gets a a critical comment? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: He's gonna feel what? Not love.
0: Not love because he needs affirmation. And sometimes you wonder why in parenting your kids get very distant. And a lot of times the reason is is you're trying to love them the way you want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And they can't handle things. And you're like, just get over it. But the language is different,
1: yeah. right? Because if I want Sawyer, I did. I, I, I'm acts of service, so I'm, I ironed your clothes, I put your laundry, I picked up your room, I did this, okay. But if I saw you did so great on that test, and I mean it. He likes. Yep. you think so? Really? Oh, I were And he'll come in the door. Mom said I did well on my test. Or my He words carry so much with him. Um, Jillian. Has I think a couple love languages. Yeah. She's all about quality time. She wants to spend quality time. She'll say, "Can we spend time just you?" Tell me a story about when you were little. Tell me that she wants that one-on-one time. Um, she's also uh, a touchy person like you. What yeah. you say? <laughs> she's a uh, she is a uh, what's that one called the? Uh,
0: <coughs> I mean, she's got a little touch just yeah. coming to me. You know, just. She's not, physical Daddy. touch. Oh, it was different for me day. too
1: because where I, I didn't grow up, you didn't kiss your parents on the lips. I mean, you kiss.
0: I don't do that either. <laughs> 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 just saying, let's just clear the record. Clear the record here. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I didn't grow up. You kiss. That's what. A, that's what you do with your significant other. You don't kiss your sure. kids. I didn't grow up that way. And but Jillian is so affectionate; she wants to kiss me on the lips. And to this day, I'm like, mm, it's awkward for me. I'm like, oh, to kiss her on the lips. I said no,
0: Jillian. <laughs> right there.
1: But but so, but everybody's different with how they do that. But Jillian's definitely a physical touch and a quality time. Finn, hundred percent gifts.
2: <laughs> I, can, I
1: can tell him what a great job he did and he'll say but but can we go to the dollar store <laughs> but, but can we it's all about the toy he wants a gift yeah. he doesn't care about anything Lakin I feel like she's got a little bit of all of them she's still developing I'm not really sure
0: yeah she's not sure
1: I'm not she's sure, teenager. She's, teenager. I'm she's, not sure. A she's a teenager I'm not sure she's likes, a teenager she likes a little bit of each of them yeah but it is neat though if you're in a family How that everyone can have a different one, but it's so, it can be challenging because what we do is we speak our love language. And so, um, it's okay, I made it. Uh, We speak our love language, and so we're not getting through to them. And I know they'll touch on that with children, but it is important to learn your child's love language too, because they do not feel loved in the way they need to feel loved unless you're speaking their love language. And so, just because I'm doing my checklist and getting my things done, I do that because I love them. I want to take care of them. But that might not speak a lot of love to my 11-year-old. She wants quality time. She doesn't care if I've washed her clothes or cleaned her. She wants that time with me. So I'm speaking my love language, and I'm not speaking her love language. And it's like that with your spouse. Um, You've got to speak their love language. And we had, Jenna, we had to figure it out early about our love languages being different. (laughs) Because when we first got married... I mean it wasn't we got along great, obviously. We were right. traveling and evangelizing and you remember those
0: oh, yeah. times? Yeah. We were together every day for two and a half years.
1: Yeah.
0: Evangelizing. <laughs> every day. <laughs> I don't think I don't think,
1: awesome. think we argued at all really.
0: We, and the truth of the matter we hardly ever argued. Uh when I, it was it was great. I mean, you have to get along to be together twenty four hours a day. For the first two and a half years of marriage. And we had so much fun. And in that amount of time, though, traveling, evangelizing, uh, you know, you do. You, you start figuring each other out. And uh, I would stop here and say today, uh, it doesn't matter what language you speak if you're not communicating.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And if, if I can insert, you can't be so busy that you don't have any time with each other. Uh, Long-distant relationship really doesn't work out, Right. And uh, so you have to take time. And I would say on the first night, date, be together. Uh, Sometimes, you know, somebody says, well, you need to have quality time over quantity time. You know, quantity is quality. And uh, it moves me to say what I'm saying right now because I think so many times we think the answer to our marriage is a vacation, it's a getaway when you have each other every day. Don't be so busy that you don't have time to communicate the love language. What what good is a language if you not ever have the opportunity to share that? And you understand what I'm saying? Right. I asked the guy the other day on the plane, we we're talking, he has five kids, he's in his sixties and and he and his wife are still married and I'm I'm you know, when I find this I'm asking questions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my goal, right? Uh and I said, where's the greatest place you've ever been traveling? And he looks me in the eye and leans over and I'm by the window and he said, The greatest place I've ever traveled to was home. And you want to if if a home becomes toxic, it could be because uh, you're there but you're absent. How many know it's true? How many's ever been there and not all there? There's been moments I'm home, but I'm not really there. My right. mind's still in the office trying to process. Yeah. And you've got to learn to take the office off. You know, it's yeah. like one, one man said, he said, when I pull up the driveway, he said, I got the tree in the front yard. He said, I, I invisibly take this coat off, put on a hanger, and I hang on the tree. He said, and I walk in my house. Why? I'm leaving work outside. Because yeah. when I get in, my family needs me. They don't need me in my office. Right. There's a day that you got to pull the key out of the door at the end of the day at 5 o'clock and say I'm done for the day with ministry, I'm done to, done with work, and I'm going to go in and what? Communicate. Communicate. And, uh, you know, communication is so much more than words. How many know that? That's why they created emojis and text messages. Because mm-hmm. facial expressions matter. Right. This is my favorite one. Yeah. I don't know why. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> But in reality, you have to see each other to have true communication. That's why the demand for FaceTime and, I mean, remember Skype. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not the same just to hear the words. Mm-hmm. It's to see the face. And I think if you've got to take time, take time for time to share your love language. And so when we first got married, I have a clue what a love language was. All I knew was she's supposed to love me the way I want to love. The way I want to be loved. Can I get a witness of anybody here today? I thought she's supposed to love me the way I'm trying to love her. And I was trying to love her the way I expected her what? And it wasn't working. It wasn't working. You can share a little bit. You know, when we first got married, uh, I remember, like, you know, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm ready to go to bed. She's still folding socks.
1: We would get in a late a lot from these trips from out of town. So if we get in at midnight and, you know. And I didn't
0: fold them right. (laughs) (laughs) If we
1: got in at midnight and we we were leaving to go somewhere, we have plans the next day. If we were in town, we would only have a day or two before we'd leave again. And so I don't care if we get in at 7 or if we're getting in at 1 in the morning. Like, I can't rest if I know stuff needs to be done. So before I can rest, when I go in, I have to go in and at least throw our clothes in the laundry really quickly. Um, if we've eaten or whatever, wash up the dishes, put the stuff away. Now he's coming in, going straight to bed and hollering for me, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you "Can help? You can? I? He's like, he's like, it's one in the morning. Are you coming to bed? You know? And I'm like, well, this stuff has to be done. You know." it can be done tomorrow which he was wiser in that it could have been done tomorrow and we've both learned a little more because i've learned you know that's that stuff's not always important to have everything done and i did think everything had to be done before i could relax so i've learned it doesn't have to all be done and and then he's also learned She's going to be a whole lot happier when she comes to this bedroom if I get up and help her. <laughs> and so and so we both learned true. a little. It is true because, yep. you know, it's true. And if you're in a better mood, things are, are better. <laughs> and, and, it's, and he's learned to get. And so it means the world to me. If he gets up and says, what do you need help with before we go to bed? What do you, is there something you need me to do? That's normally my cue. He's ready for me to stop doing what I'm doing, but then he also is there something you need done before we go to bed? And that means so much to me now that he's willing to get up and because he knows it means a lot to me to get some things done. So he'll get up and help me, and then also I'll let things go undone and say Hey can wait till tomorrow. So we both learn to. Get you do, more and
0: that. you and you learn that, and uh, and sometimes people wonder where the spark is in their marriage. You know how do, how did the love how did the love tank empty as it talks about in the book, mm-hmm. and how did this you get married, and, man. You're so excited. You're thrilled. You can't. You can't wait to spend forever. And then somewhere along the marriage, it's like, what happened? Uh, you know, I remember a guy told me before I got married. I was in Mississippi, and he said, "Oh man, marriage is like a hot tub of water." He said, when well, you've been in a while, it's not so hot." <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was so funny because all of these southern. My last revival was in. In, in Corinth, Mississippi before I got married and all these people just one marriage joke after another you know I mean I got up to church I said this is my last night before I get married preaching at a revival I said somebody's got to give this this brother some love and some encouragement you should have seen all those guys after church lined up in a while sitting in a fusion. <laughs> They had sent their husbands over. And one guy after another. He said, "Oh, brother, pounds! I just want to tell you." He's looking over his shoulder at his wife. He has, the marriage is great. <laughs> but you do get to a point in marriage that it isn't what it used to be. And I think sometimes the guy more than the girl. Sometimes or the, the the guy more than the lady. I mean, he he is he's driven by eyesight. I mean, they can be repoing the car, and he sees his wife step out of the shower and. You know, <laughs> intimacy mindset is right now. She could see him step out of the shower a thousand times and it doesn't motivate her at all. <laughs> Why is that? Because, you know, is everything going to be okay? You didn't wash the dishes. <laughs> And you know it's the truth. If you've been married a while, you know, there are, there are love languages that are ex, there's expectations. And sometimes marriages suffer over, over insignificant things that could be better. And it's really the fact of the matter is, is that one or the other is not satisfied. Why? Not because it's something major. It's that there is disappointment and unmet what? And so that's what this class is about, is, is meeting your spouse's expectations. If you married someone and you was attracted to them, they spoke a little bit of English, but you fell in love with them, and they spoke another language, don't you think if you wanted to spend forever with them, you do what? you learn their language. And that's what the next five weeks is going to be, is learning the language of your spouse. And I'm going to help you learning the language that you speak. Some of you don't even know why you you want what you want. But the fact of the matter it's how God made you.
2: Right.
0: And some of it, uh I think she made a great point and you can you you can reiterate on that if you want to, but sometimes what was that you were saying we were talking today, you were saying that, you know, the boy gets married and buys his wife gifts because that's how he saw his dad love his mom. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Right. I think a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times you try to do a love language that's not even your love language, it's just the only one you've ever seen, and and so you try to do that. Maybe, maybe your dad bought your mom a lot of gifts, so maybe you think, well, that's what you're supposed to do, and you buy gifts, and it's not her love language, and it's not your love language, and it's just you're just seeing something you've seen done, and rather than it being uh, the right language. So you're speaking foreign, so it's really not meaning a lot, because... Foreign language doesn't mean a lot if you don't understand it. Right. So it's like, well, that's nice and all, but I would have rather <laughs> you have mowed the grass since it's high. Or I would, you know, I mean, speak their language, but you have to learn to speak their language. And and a lot of a lot of men, a lot of men, their language is physical touch or words of affirmation. They need to know that you need, ladies. Yeah. A lot of times, it's what have you done? Have you done this? Have you? Because we're stability. Sure in our emotions. They're more eyesight or, you know, things like that. So a lot of them, it is a physical touch. And it's not fair for us ladies to always feel like everything has to be checked off on our list before we can give a love language to them. That's their love language. And that's where a lot of marriages fail is because we talk about, well, they're not, they're not speaking my love language but you're not speaking theirs. And so you have to both be willing. But if your spouse is not willing or is not making effort, and that's what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks is you can change it when you begin to speak their love language because they will begin to respond differently, and then they're going to want to speak your language when you begin to speak their love language. They're going to want to speak. Um, it's like that with everything. They're going to want... He, you know, if I'm willing to be more affectionate, like, or giving compliment, if he, if he knows, if he's done something that I was really hoping to get done, I'm more likely to be like, wow, that, and compliment or whatever, I don't know, physical touch, any of that, it also in turn makes him want to speak my language because that's giving him the language he's, right? And so it works both ways. <laughs> It's, it's real life. It's, it's how we are. And if he is speaking. It's, it's true. It's true. Yep. And if he's speaking my language or if I'm speaking his language, it, 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 that's how we operate. We're humans. That's, how we, that's yep. how we function. And so it is so important to learn your spouse's love language. It's so important. And to make efforts not to keep score. Uh, well, I speak their love language, but they're not speaking that. You can't do that. Some things yep. take time. Some people learn language, foreign languages more quickly than other people. Uh, some people catch on like that. Some people it takes longer. And it's the same in marriage. Some people it's just going to take them longer to understand a different language. They didn't grow up around it. If you grew up in a home where there was no affection, or you grew up in a home where there were no compliments given, or if you grew up in a home where there was no quality time, yeah. if, you didn't, if you weren't around these love languages... Uh, It's very, very very foreign for you, and it's very hard for you. It doesn't come just like that. And so you have to keep that in mind while you're learning them, too.
0: Yeah, and um, it's hard because sometimes we say, well, my dad never, my mom never, and you have to find what works for you and your spouse. Uh, I met somebody a while back that hadn't told their wife, I love you in years and years and years. And... uh, and it really doesn't matter that mom and dad didn't. She needs that. Everybody needs that. Amen. I'm going to say everybody Amen. needs right. that. Amen. And so learning to be affectionate. I heard somebody say it, and um, my grandmother used to make this statement. And I don't know why, I was just there and She said, you know, Aaron, she said, if you fall in love once, with your spouse, you can fall in love again with your spouse. Talking about the same one. And she said there's going to be tough times in your life but just remember you can fall in love again. And I want this class to be as such. Is that sometimes the marriage might become stale or stagnant, you know. uh, Seem like pond water maybe, I don't know. But I think you have to evaluate your life and say let's make the next few years of our marriage or the next half for the next three quarters of our marriage. Absolutely amazing. How? I'm going to learn to speak their language and I'm going to learn to be selfless. Selfless people get. Everybody say selfless. Selfless. Selfless, selfless people get what the selfish want.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Ponder it.
2: That's
0: true. The selfless get. And in marriage, I mean there's times in marriage gentlemen, you're going to be saying, my life is not my own. To them I belong. I give myself away. I know I feel that way with my kids. And y'all, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. But you learn that and you love them. It, it's so powerful, really, because it's a tailored love. It's not just a collaborative love. It's a, it's a tailored secret. Between you and them, only type of love that becomes amazing, that becomes so unique. And Cindy and I, Cindy and I talk now that 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 uh, almost eighteen years of marriage, and and uh, we don't just say this publicly, but privately we say, "Man, I feel so happy and fulfilled." Mm-hmm. It does feel that way. Go ahead. What do you have next?
1: Oh, I just have three questions that you can write down, or
0: I might as well drink out of her cup.
1: Um, three questions you can ask uh, that I have notes written down here for what makes me feel most loved by my spouse what makes me feel most loved by my spouse Um, what do you desire above all else if the answer doesn't come to your mind right away uh, maybe it will help you to look at maybe the negative use of love languages like What does your spouse do or say or fail to do or say that hurts you deeply? If your deepest pain is the critical judgmental words of your spouse, then perhaps your love language is words of affirmation because negative comments hurt you the worst. If your primary love language is used negatively by your spouse, or that is he does the opposite of what your love language is. It's going to hurt you more deeply because not only is he neglecting to speak your primary love language, he's actually using that language, and it cuts and it hurts if, they're, if it's using it against you. So that's the first question of when you're trying to figure out what your love language is. Another key question I have here is, what have I most often requested of my spouse? Whatever you have most requested is probably in keeping with your primary love language. Those requests may have been interpreted by your spouse as nagging, <laughs> and in fact, your efforts are just to secure that emotional love from your spouse. So, you might think they're nagging at you. Um, you you're not spending quality time. When are we going to go <laughs> on that date? When are you? You might think they're just, oh, I'm, we're going to, we're going to, but really, they're they're, they're trying to get you to speak their love language. They're screaming, "I want quality time." Maybe they're their love language is quality time. Or maybe they're constantly talking about, I wish you kissed me more. I wish you showed me more affection. And you think, they're nagging me about it. Maybe that's their love language. And they're trying to express that to you. Another question here is, how do I express my love, express love to my spouse? Chances are what you're doing for her is what you wish she would do for you. True. Yeah. So if you're constantly doing acts of service for your spouse... Perhaps, not always, perhaps that's your love language. So if words of affirmation speak love to you, chances are you will use them in speaking love to your spouse. But remember that approach is only possible clue to your love language. It's not an absolute. For example, the husband who learned from his father to express love to his wife by giving her nice gifts expresses his love to his wife by doing what his father did. Yet, receiving gifts wasn't his primary love language, like what we talked about. It's just doing what he was trained to do. So, It's a choice. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. That's important. If our spouses have learned to speak our primary love languages, our need for love will continue to be satisfied. But if, on the other hand, they don't speak our love language, our tanks, like you referred to, will slowly drain and we no longer feel love. So It's a choice to meet your spouse's love and emotion requirement for her tank it's a choice you have to make every day you have to make that choice if you know her primary love language and choose to speak it then her deepest emotional need will be met and she'll feel secure if she does if she does the same for you then your emotional needs are met and you'll both feel like you're on full tanks you might be thinking um what if the love language that my spouse, the language of my spouse is something that doesn't come naturally for me? And that's the case for a lot of people sure. because, like I said in the yeah. beginning, more often than not, you don't have the same love language as your spouse. And uh, What does
0: cutting the grass have to do with our marriage? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I understand? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. what does it have to do with affection? What does cutting grass and washing the van have to do with our marriage? (laughs) But it has a whole lot to do with the marriage. (laughs) And what I realized, she could wash the van and cut the grass, and I'd be like, thank you. (laughs) But is it really going to motivate me to love her more? No. (laughs) But that's how she loves. And so you have to understand is that I'm not trying to love her the way I want to be loved.
1: Which is what we do naturally.
0: It's so natural for me to reach over, drive down the road and hold her hand. I'm holding her hand. You know why? Because I want her to hold my hand. <laughs> and that's the reality. I mean your your spouse will speak the love language very, very very naturally. I'm driving down the road and I'm like, hey, just scratch the back of my head right here for a minute. And uh It's really not itching. (laughs) I just wanted to touch me. I think that's my love language. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And uh, but she's not really ready to hold my hand if there's things around the house that she's been asking that bother that she wants done. So it does have something to do with the marriage because it's her what. It's her expectation. It's how she feels that I love her. Go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, it is. It's how you you feel loved. Because what happens is you feel like, wow, they don't really care about me that much. Because if they did, they would do what they they know is important to me. Right? And he would feel the same. If she really cared about that much, she would forget the things that I haven't done. And she'd show me affection anyway. Sure. And I might be thinking, if he really... Really loved me that much.
0: Your hunting clothes have been sitting there for three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And you still leave your socks beside the bed. (laughs) And so that's reality. What's not a big deal to me is what? I think you made a powerful uh, thought when we were talking earlier, but you said it makes the love even more.
1: I think if it doesn't come natural to you, It makes it even better to see them put the effort to do that for you. Just like when I made reference to Brother Noe gets so excited if I'll speak to him in Spanish, even if I'm not doing it just right, because it makes him feel so happy that I'm putting an effort to speak his language. It pleases him, and it is like that. Um, you ever go to a Mexican restaurant and you try to order in Spanish and they lo- they just start they laugh they love it even if you do it wrong they'll laugh and they think it's cute and it is like that it's it show it means so much to me when he goes out of his way to speak my love language when I know that's not his primary love language. I that's Tried to
0: was wash it. clothes one time.
1: I told him he didn't need to do that for me. <laughs>
0: I shrunk I don't know how many outfits. Oh, no. And they come out different color. Do you remember that?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's never asked me to wash clothes again. Zaire
1: <laughs> yeah. has a great philosophy. That's what he says. Yeah. He says, if it's something you don't like to do, if you do a bad job, mom will never ask you to do it again. <laughs> he says. He, he learned was, it
0: straight. <laughs>
1: he did. He and complaining about doing the dishes, he said, Jillian, you do them too well. He said, just stop washing them so well. will quit asking you to do them. That's what worked for me. <laughs> uh, but it is like that with our love languages. That It's like that. And so the last thing I have is uh, marriage is design, designed to meet that need for intimacy and love. And that's why even ancient biblical writings spoke of the husband and the wife becoming one flesh. They did not mean that individuals would lose their own identity. It just meant that they sure. would enter into each other's lives in a deep and more intimate way. The New Testament writers challenged both the husband and the wife to love each other. And writers from all times, from Plato, they all they all write about love. They emphasize the importance of love in marriage. And something in our nature cries out to be loved by one another. Isolation is devastating to humans. We weren't meant to be alone. Hmm. Um, that's why solitary confinement's considered to be the cruelest punishment you can give someone. At the heart of mankind's existence is the desire to be intimate and to be loved by other people, and it's especially that way in in marriage. Yeah. Um, we're not meant to be alone. You're meant to be with someone, and you're meant to love them and to care for them and to take care of them, and um, You know, I I thought that was interesting, you know, solitary confinement. It is considered the cruelest punishment. That's why time out Mm -hmm. seems so simple, but have you ever seen a kid? They hate to be in time out and be alone. It's devastating to some kids. You're not meant to be alone. You're meant to be around people. You can be a loner, but you still are created to be loved and to love someone. So um, next week we're going to be taking a test.
0: Yeah. So to find out your... How many of you tonight felt like you you could see your love language surfacing? While we were talking about it. Yeah? yeah? a few of you? And so uh, next week, you're going to be able to walk out of here and say, Hey, this, this is. This is my love language. This is...